0: Hello, and welcome to the continuation of the Daniel Case Let's Plays special ASMR text adventure Let's Play series. I've previously recorded two episodes of, uh, very quiet and warm and friendly gameplay of a text adventure called Wampus 2000 at the end of the adventure I was bludgeoned to death by a monster in the cave and to this day if... I ever have any problem sleeping at all, I simply uh, put an earphone in my ear and play episode 2 of the Wampus 2000 ASMR text adventure to myself and listen to my own voice as I play the adventure game and explore the dark and horrible cave, and I've never once lasted more than five minutes. So, uh, with that in mind, I figured it was time to produce more. I'm persisting in referring to this style as ASMR, even though I have no real understanding of the intricacies of ASMR uh, audio culture, and what makes good ASMR, I'm not very uh, widely uh, read in the genre, Um, but still, I think the combination of calm, quietness, and friendliness, the extension of a uh, warm and safe environment to you, my listeners, is enough to qualify this as an ASMR episode, so with that calm, safe, friendliness in mind, let's dive right on into the game that I have prepared for you for this episode, called The Lurking Horror. This is an Infocom text adventure from 1987. Infocom, the company famously responsible for Zork and many other early and massively successful text adventures. I've never played this game before um or many other infocom games and the uh, ones that I have played have been uh really terribly aggravating but uh hope hopefully this it just starts with some text and it reads "Mm -mm -mm. you've waited until the last minute again this time it's the end of term so all of the tech net terminals in the dorm are occupied so off you go to the old comp centre too bad it is the worst storm of the winter Murphy's Law, right? And you practically froze to death, slogging over here from the dorm, not to mention jumping at every shadow, what with all the recent disappearances. Oh dear. Sounds like a stressful situation, listeners. But uh, with the warm reassurance of our close camaraderie. I'm sure we can support each other through this through this uh, slightly unnerving situation. I'm just going to move my computer so that the screen is more easily visible to me. thank you for indulging me in that. I hope there were no loud or startling noises that might have upset you out of your trance-like reverie. Where were we? Oh yeah, the recent disappearances. Well, it's time to find a free machine, get to work, and write that 20-page paper. And that's it. That's the beginning of the uh, text that opens this text adventure. And then we see the titles. The Lurking Horror. An Interactive Horror. Copyright 1987 by Infocom Incorporated. All rights reserved. The Lurking Horror is a trademark of Infocom Incorporated. Release 221, serial number 870918. And then the game begins in earnest. I uh, should say, listeners, or uh, I should keep on calling you my dear friends, because this is, of course, an environment of friendship and calm acceptance comfort, my friends, I'm toying with the idea of playing some kind of ambient music, low and warm droning noises in the background of this episode, maybe it won't sound good behind my voice, if it doesn't sound good it will just be a reassuring and steadfast silence Behind me. A close friend, the silence. But if it does sound okay, then hey, Editor Dan, please let my dear friends know what the music they're hearing is now. Yeah, okay. Hi, everyone. This is the album The Finger-Painted Fields of the Eyes from 2012 by ambient group Cellar. Cella was a uh, ambient music project that began in uh, 2005 was a collaboration of a husband and wife couple, a Danielle Baquet Long or Baquet Long and a Will Long. But in 2009, Danielle died of heart failure. But Will Long has continued to produce music under the name of Seller since then. They have almost a hundred albums out now. Finger Painted Fields of the Eyes contains six tracks. We're currently listening to Faint Sights Through Shielded Sunlight. At the 23 minute mark in this podcast, the second track facing formlessness. The third track will begin at the 30 minute mark. Photo poems and intentional indigence. The fourth track will start at the 40 minute and 30 second mark. It is called Fearing Keys of Anxious Days. The fifth track will begin at the 49 minute, 30 second mark. It's called Negative Swell. And then at the 54 minute mark, the final track, Nearby Genesis, will begin. But it won't finish. It'll fade out prematurely. Uh, Ah, Seller, a lot of their albums are on Spotify. Not all of them, and not this one, but I still recommend that you type cellar into Spotify. That's like cellary without a Y on the end. So C-E-L-E-R, if you have any need of a warm drone ambient group. Yeah, music that sounds like this. So, if you think you're into that kind of thing, maybe, uh, yeah, check them out on Spotify or their website, where you can still buy cassettes, CDs, all kinds of stuff, digital downloads. That's my Daniel K. recommend. Daniel K. has a podcast It leads south. Banners, posters and signs festoon the walls. Most of the tables are covered with waste paper, old pizza boxes and empty Coke cans. There are usually a lot of people here, but tonight it's almost deserted. A really whizbang PC is right inside the door. Nearby is one of those ugly molded plastic chairs. Sitting at a terminal is a hacker who you recognize. And now here's the text prompt. Waiting for our input. Waiting for us to enter a command, to advance the story, or to explore the world together. You and me. So let's look at the Hacker. The Hacker sits comfortably on an office chair, facing a terminal table. Or perhaps it's just a pile of old listings tall as a terminal table. He is typing madly using just two fingers, but achieves speeds that typists using all ten fingers can only dream of. He is apparently debugging a large assembly language program, as the screen of his terminal looks like a spray of completely random characters. The Hacker is dressed in blue jeans, an old work shirt, and what might once have been running shoes. Hanging from his belt is an enormous ring of keys, and he is in need of a bath. My dear friends, I'm sensing the uh, quintessential infocom humour in this writing. Which I was kind of looking forward to n- not hearing any more of. That kind of tongue-in-cheekness. But uh yeah, here it is. Oh well, I guess I need to try to talk to this person. So let's say hello. Oh I've used the word hello in a way that the parser didn't understand, well that's okay, let's look at computer, this is a beyond state of the art personal computer, it has a 1024 by 1024 pixel color monitor, a mouse, an attached hard disk, and a local area n- network connection. Fortunately, one of its features is a prominent help key. And it is currently turned off. Okay, good. So the whiz bang computer is not the one that the hacker is using. That makes me happy. I feel that maybe I can advance the plot without having to interact with that man. So let's turn computer on. The computer powers up. Goes through a remarkably fast self check and greets you, requesting log in, please. And the only sound you hear is a very low hum. So let's log in. I don't know the word log. Uh, maybe I'll try single word login like the game has described it login what do you want to log in come computer the computer responds password please listeners I've learnt enough about Infocom games to know that they included a pirate anti-piracy technology in the actual text of their adventures, so this might be a test to make sure that I have the box and the manual that comes with the game. Let me just open up Google on my phone and check that that's the case. It kind of gives me that feeling, you know, get that uh, anti-piracy infocom feeling from this interaction what game is this again lurking horror right Yeah, listeners, I mean friends, my hunch was correct, I've just found it. It's here in the very first paragraph of the walkthrough uh, that was included on the Interactive Fiction Database page about this game. The password is U-H-L-E-R. S O D H. There we are. The computer responds, Good evening, you're here awfully late. My close friends, I can't hide anything from you. There was also a login number, which I had to type, but I cut that out. So, this is what the computer says. You are here awfully late. Oh, I, I should make this perfectly clear for you. So login number and the password were both included in the manual. I haven't read the manual, so I just read that information from the walkthrough because I felt like it was the kind of information that would be somewhere in the manual. And I was right. It was. So I hope you're proud of me for suspecting that. Alright, let's get back to it shall we. You are here awfully late, and the computer displays a list of pending tasks, one of which is in blinking red letters. With large arrows pointing to it, the task reads, Classics Paper. Some particularly ominous words next to it say, due tomorrow. And more reassuringly, a menu box next to that reads, edit classics paper. So, let's edit classics. The menu box is replaced by the YAK text editor and menu boxes listing the titles of your files. The one for your paper is highlighted in a rather urgent looking shade of red. Okay, let's open file. You can't see any file here. Open paper. How do you do that with a Yak editor? Select paper. Here we are. We did it. You click the box for your paper, and the box grows reassuringly until it fills most of the screen. Unfortunately, the text that fills it bears no resemblance to your paper. The title is the same, but after that, there is something different. Very different. Well, listeners. I mean, friends. That's a habit that's gonna be hard for me to break, I'm sorry. I'm sure you understand. Well, friends, let's. Read the paper. The paper appears to be a facsimile overlaid with occasional typescript. The text is mostly in a sort of old English you've never seen before. What you read is a combination of incomprehensible gibberish, Latinate pseudo words, based Hebrew and Arabic script and an occasional disquieting phrase in English. As you look at it more closely you find it hard to focus on the screen but impossible to look away and your finger strays towards the more box. My close friends I'm very intrigued by this I'm just gonna hit the enter key on my keyboard. I promise I've already fed my cat. I don't know what he wants from me. Let's just hit the enter key. Oh, I beg your pardon? Well, click more. You touch the more box and a new page appears, the second page is much like the first, but around the edges not when you look at it straight, it's almost readable there's something about a summoning or a visitor let's click more You touch the more box and a new page appears. Good, this game is easier than I thought it would be my friends. I'm glad it's so easy right now. This third page is in the same script as the first but laid out like a poem. There are woodcut illustrations which are queasily disturbing. There is a translation or note for one, typed between the lines of the poem. He returns, he is called back. The loyal ones, acolytes, make a sacrifice. Those who survive will meet him, be absorbed, eaten, They will live yet die, forever will be, or is, nothing to them, or him. His place, lair, burrow, must be prepared. His food, offerings, must be prepared. Call him forth, invite him with great power only an acceptable or tasteful sacrifice will call him forth he will be grateful satiated and the rest is even more fragmentary let's uh, do what we have established is the way to progress at this point and that is click more You touch the more box and a new page appears, the fourth page is a photograph and you try to recoil from the screen but cannot, fascinated and repelled at the same time, you wonder is that a mouth and what is in it? Well, as relieved as I am that we can't see the photograph in this text adventure, my friends. I want uh, our character to look at mouth because perhaps they'll learn what's inside it. Oh, this game doesn't recognize the word mouth. I'll try picture. Doesn't like the word picture, either. Ah, oh, it's a photograph. Look at photograph. No, nothing doing. We tried our best though. And isn't that what's important? That we try our best. And you know what? Let's just click more. You touch the more box And a new page appears You faint And when you awaken And now here's A little uh, command That's given to me in brackets So I know it's not really part of the story But it says Use command sound To toggle sound usage on and off Okay Well, I didn't hear any sounds and I think I'm happy with that because maybe that would be unfriendly sounds and that's not what we want at all, is it? No. This experience that we're having together is all about friendly camaraderie and relaxing sleep times. So let's just keep on playing without the sound, I think the story continues place that's the setting apparently the setting is place this is a place things move about on a broken rocky surface harsh sounds split the air something sticky grabs at your feet and there is no colour Everything is drained of brightness, dull and lifeless. A path descends into a shallow bowl of black basalt. Okay, I first, my friends, would like to look at what is at our feet. How about that? Look at. you see nothing special about your feet? Well, I wouldn't put it like that. Let's see if we have anything in our inventory. You are carrying an assignment and now we get some text after that. From below a low noise begins and slowly builds. You feel yourself drawn downward by the noise. Now we find ourselves inside the basalt bowl. You're at the bottom of a deeply cut, smooth basalt bowl. Dimly seen shapes crowd you on all sides. Ahead, in the focus of the movement, is a rock platform. My friends, my close comrades. Now seems like the absolute perfect time to squat down on the ground and read assignments. The thing we've got in our inventory. Here we are, laser printed on creamy bond paper. That was Creamy Bond Paper. The assignment is due tomorrow. It's from your freshman course in the Classics in Modern Idiom, better known as 21.014. It reads in part 20 pages on modern analogues of Xenophon's Anabasis. You're not sure whether this refers to the movie The Warriors or Alien, but this is the last assignment you need to complete in this course, this term. You wonder, yet again, why a technical school requires you to endure this sort of stuff. And I guess that's it. I can't read any more, can I? No. No, I tried to read more, it says you can't see any more here, and then the story moves along without our input, but that's okay, sometimes it's nice and reassuring to just go with the flow, you know, I hear that sometimes if you just wait by the banks of the river you'll see the bodies of your enemies float by. That's just something I heard somewhere. Let's uh, keep reading, shall we? The crowd around us. I've changed the word you to the word us to be more inclusive of you. I want to make you feel like you're being included in this as well. Because I'm a good supportive friend to you. You see, that's the kind of environment I want to foster in this episode. One of support. The crowd around us begins to sway and groan. They are expecting something and we're drawn forward by the noise. And now we find ourselves at a platform. We stand before a low rock platform. More like an afterthought of piled rocks or a glacial moraine than a work of artifice we're pushed against the pile by the crowd around us, I quite enjoyed this image of us two huddled close together by this hostile and threatening force around us, I'm enjoying this closeness, safe in the knowledge that this fictional tale is not really any danger to us, you, my listening friend, and me. Anyway, one small stone stands out in the pile, smooth, shiny, and glowing with a blazing light. Obviously, we should look at Crowd. I'm frankly a little bit concerned that this is maybe a bit too easy. That this stone isn't really going to save us and scare the crowd away. That it's just some part of some greater horrible situation that we find ourselves in. So I'm going to kind of postpone the inevitable moment where we grab hold of the glowing stone by looking around a little bit. Oh, the game doesn't really know the word crowd. Well, that kind of puts a dampener on that line of logic. Let's look around. Yeah, just the same thing. The same description as I read earlier. Well, let's just look at stone. It is a smooth, shiny piece of what might be obsidian scratched on it is a symbol. Let's examine. Symbol. The symbol on close examination appears to have been carved into the smooth stone, perhaps with a claw. The symbol is like nothing you've ever seen and yet somehow you know it has meaning. Well, that's interesting. Oh, shit, I forgot to say we and us instead of you when I was reading the story. That's okay. You forgive me. I feel it. Let's, uh, Let's try reading the symbol if we feel that it has meaning. Maybe we can understand it somehow. read symbol no just the same description repeated get stone taken suddenly the dimness becomes darkness and the crowd around us explodes with excitement we are jostled and shoved from all sides A low keening begins, building into a deafening, almost mechanical chant. And the darkness before us compacts and deepens. We'll look at the darkness now, I think, together. We see a visible darkness in a shape not easily grasped. The darkness before us, now visible, is a creature. It towers over the now silent crowd. The thing jerks this way and that, spraying a foul ichor. Its palps twitch expectantly and then pound impatiently against the rock and you can feel the smooth stone vibrating in your hand. My friends, I feel that it's time to throw a rock at this manifest darkness. Throw rock. Oh, I don't know the word rock. I guess it's a stone, huh? Yeah, looking at this thing now, I feel that it's probably a stone and not a rock. the motions but the stones st- that, that we can't we go through the motions but the stone doesn't leave our hands the thing now turns sensing the presence of the stone it quests almost blindly for it and then those surrounding you thrust you forward the thing stoops its mandibles grasping us We're lifted towards its gaping maw and the stench and the sounds issuing from it are overwhelming and we fall unconscious. We're awakened by the thump of our heads hitting the terminal in front of us. Falling asleep over term papers, oh it must have been a nightmare. Embarrassed we glance around, yes the hacker is looking in your direction. I mean our direction. Shit. He must have heard the thump. A terminal room on the chair. A really whiz PC is right inside the door and sitting at a terminal is a hacker whom we recognize. My friends, I feel like I want to bring this episode to a conclusion soon, but first, I think I'd quite like to check out inventory we are carrying a smooth stone and an assignment and then the hacker wanders over trying to look nonchalant as he takes over your chair losing her he asks wittily and he glances at your terminal which displays a pattern of snow and unusual characters he appears somewhat excited, I want to look at the stone. It is a smooth shiny piece of what might be obsidian, scratched on it as a symbol. The hacker, mumbling under his breath, begins a flurry of activity. Firstly, the screen returns to something nearly normal and then windows begin popping up, like begin popping up like toadstools after a rain. The screen looks a lot like the top of his terminal table or the bottom of a trash can. Let's wait. Time passes. The hacker types furiously and the screen displays what do you look like an explosion in the teletype factory. After a while he says, chomping file system, your directory has gone seriously west. I fixed it. He checks the screen. It was mixed up on the file server with some files from the department of alchemy, he grunts. People's names for their nodes are getting weird. This one is called Lovecraft. He pauses. Your paper is gone though, sorry. Maybe they could help you down there. Okay, so we have to go to the Department of Alchemy, I guess. Just type in. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome, I guess. I think's I think that's what the game is saying not the hacker the hacker wanders back to his terminal and returns to his hacking I just want to quickly look at the hacker one more time that's just the same description Hanging from his belt is an enormous ring of keys. Can we get the keys? I'm just gonna look at them. Hanging from the hacker's belt is a watchman's key ring. The large and almost full ring is connected by an extensible chain to a reel attached to the hacker's belt. It is difficult to lose such a key ring. There are multitudinous keys hanging on the keyring and among them are a green aluminium Medico key, a green brass Yale key, a green aluminium Yale key and a red aluminium Yale key. It sounds like this is part of a puzzle that I have not yet initiated. So uh, I guess we'll Uh, we'll leave this place. Uh, the terminal room. Exit. Okay, yeah, we've just stepped out. Exit. Second floor. This is the second floor of the computer centre. An elevator and call buttons are on the south side of the hallway. A large, noisy room is to the north. Stairs also lead up and down for the energetic. To the west, a corridor leads into a smaller room. Let's enter the smaller room. A kitchen. This is a filthy kitchen. The exit is to the east. On the wall near the counter are a refrigerator and a microwave. Sitting on the kitchen counter is a package of funny bones. Listeners, I mean friends, I don't know what funny bones are. Is it a kind of American cereal or something? Look at funny bones. This is a package of funny bones. A snack food made with peanut butter and chocolate cake. Sure, I can appreciate that. I think I remember saying once in an episode of my podcast that I'd tried a Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I think it was in one of the um, Axolotl Project episodes. I remember saying that I had tried Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and that I didn't like them. Since that day, where I said that thing on that episode, I've continued to try Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. When I see them for relatively cheap, in whatever stores I see them in, usually little independent grocery stores. And I've completely come around on them. I'm into it. It's, it's, it's great, it's good stuff. Yeah, I really do like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. They're very tasty. Maybe just the, uh, the act of consuming more of them acclimatized my body to their incredible salt content, specifically that of the peanut butter used in their making. Yeah, that was a real challenge at first, but I guess uh, my tongue has just gotten used to that, that feeling of uh, (laughs) poor, shrinkingly salty peanut butter, so uh, in that spirit, let's get these funny bones, get funny bones taken. Maybe we can feed them to the uh, Lovecraftian horror. Look in fridge you'll have to open it to look in it, very well then open fridge opening the refrigerator reveals a 2 litre bottle of classic coke and a cardboard carton look at carton I think This is a cardboard carton with an incomprehensible symbol scrawled on the top. Let's open the carton. Opening the cardboard carton reveals Chinese food. Oh, you fucking got me, game. Good one. That's a a real good 1987 joke. I mean, that was pretty well done, they set up the existence of incomprehensible symbols carved on rocks, and now here's a cardboard can with an incomprehensible symbol scrolled on top, and it's just Chinese food. The incomprehensible symbol is just Mandarin or Cantonese. You got me, Infocom. Let's get that food. If you take it out it will spill all over you. Why not take the carton instead? You're a real pedant Infocom Get Carton taken get Complicated controls than your PC. There is an LED readout above the controls. The microwave is off and it is closed. I'm very tempted to turn it on but I think I better check what's inside first. Open. Microwave. The microwave oven is now open. In Microwave. The microwave oven contains nothing. Let's put card. closed. Let's turn on microwave. Nothing happens as there is no time set on it yet. Let's set microwave time to three minutes. You've used the word "time" in a way that I don't understand. Well, this microwave is really uh, a bigger challenge than I thought it would be. Ah, uh, I should look at the LED readout. Look at readout the display is currently displaying the current time and the word off. room to the north stairs leading up and down for the energetic and then the kitchen i figure the hacker is in the room to the north that's where i started the game so let's go up i guess the stairs third floor this is the third floor of the computer center an elevator and call button are on the south side of the hallway Stairs also lead down for the energetic. To the north is a glass wall beyond which you can see a computer room crammed with computer equipment and a stairway leads up. Let's keep going up for now. Roof. This is the roof of the computer centre. A door leads to the stairway. The roof is covered. With tarred pea gravel and drifted snow, the wind howls around your ears. To the south and southeast you can dimly see the looming shapes of the great dome and the brown building. Let's look at the gravel. Game doesn't recognize the word gravel let's look at the dome you can't see any dome here bitter bone cracking cold assaults you continuously the temperature and the blizzard continues and they are both horrible okay then sure let's go down third floor push your way into the welcoming warmth inside listeners I feel that I've probably done enough for this episode I was trying to find a place to uh, kind of bring bring the game to a satisfactory end of episode conclusion but I've kind of failed to find that place maybe I should have made it when I picked up the Chinese food and the coca-cola but hey, hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? All right. Thank you very much, my close and dear friends. I hope that this uh, that this episode has been maybe as relaxing as the Wampus episodes. Um, it's definitely been as tedious, but maybe calm and friendly plus tedious. Just equals good sleep times. As hoping, I'll see you all around next time you decide to tune in to my podcast. Thank you for listening. I've really enjoyed your company throughout this whole experience, and uh, I'll wish you good night. And I hope you have a nice day tomorrow. I guess you know? Okay, bye-bye then. See ya.